In 2005, The Fray released a song called How to Save a Life, which 10 years later influenced James Gunn to create a movie called Do You Believe? That was kind of Do You Believe? And this is Godfellas! Welcome to Godfellas, the podcast that believes that Jesus was a carpenter, not a chef. And Zach's Zach's probably regretting letting me do that intro because it's so wrong. I'm not regretting. I I regret nothing. I regret nothing. I'm Miss Hannah. I'm Mr. Zach. And today we're talking about um, the 2015 movie by John Gunn, not James Gunn. I don't want to associate his name with the movie. Was it 2015? Yeah, March wow. 20th. The year after God's Not Dead. Interesting. They were on a roll, huh? They were just cranking them out. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Um, Do You Believe? Which is about a lot of things. And <laughs> and we'll get into that. Uh, well, it's funny because um, the actual like Google definition of the movie, the Google definition, yes. says a clergyman's re-energized faith and commitment has a far-reaching impact. On a physician, a paramedic, a homeless woman, and others. Um, so the others uh, shall not be named. I mean, yeah, they, they got it. Anyway. I'm just pulling up my notes. <laughs> I have notes today. Yes, you do. All right. Uh, and this is a very special Godfellas. Um, there's only been one other Godfellas like this before. Do you remember which episode it was? Yeah, I, I know which episode. I just It's only one? Ooh. Yeah. It was with Emily, Emily. We're left behind, yeah. Where it's a family it's a family gathering, friends. Um, oh, I thought you were like just asking hypothetically like a rhetorical question. I was like, I know I've edited every episode. No, I yeah. know every It's a family gathering. We've only had one other family member on the show. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh today's guest is is many, many things. She is a pastor. She is a mother she is a daughter she's a friend she's a very creative individual she's a musician um and she is a sister by blood to zach and legally to me please welcome brianne spooner hi welcome so this is this is um you know i think i've mentioned on the show i have many siblings but Zach and Brienne are, are each other's only immediate siblings. Yes. Yes, that's correct. So, this is... What a blessing. Amen. What a blessing. Amen. So, um, Brienne, as we mentioned, you pastor a church in Pennsylvania with your husband, Andrew. Um, and so, we just have a question. What is the importance of arts in um, a church setting? Whether it be the service, programming... I feel like I've come to understand the importance of the arts in a different way. Obviously, Zach's very involved with the arts 
as it relates to worship. I mean, he's always been really great at at doing dramatic presentations and he's a musician and he's fantastic, mm -hmm. but you know that. And um, I think recently being able to, to see Isley understand worship differently. I, I mean, I don't know about you necessarily, Hannah, but I know for Zach and I, like we were singing scripture verse songs probably before we even knew what we were talking about and and things like that. And uh, Isley has dyslexia, so she's not reading the Bible and and memorizing things like that. Those things are hard for her. And being able to see, even when we were watching the movie a little bit together and she was watching the movie with me, even being able to see that not having to read things, but being able to experience things about God, this like how it's different through her eyes. So, and, and I know there's people in my church that, that struggle with just the plain reading of the Bible and really understanding what it is. So I really think that it's kind of up to the arts to represent well and represent truthfully and, and give people a really good idea and an understanding of biblical concepts, because that might be the only way that they understand the word. Yeah, uh, Isley is Brianne's daughter, by the way, yes. everyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, I love that. I love the idea that, well, you know, the truth that there's no one way to, to worship and that, you know, even if not everyone can do the same thing, that's, you know, a part of how we present worship, everyone can still worship. It's about the heart. It's not about all those other things. Rock of ages, God of promise, see this spirit, ever faithful, ever true. believe it's time to dive in i do <laughs> i do i do so um we open okay well no 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 let's start let's start here what did we think this movie was going to be about just based on maybe like the image or if you had seen a trailer what did you what did you think you were getting yourselves into well i can i go first sorry yeah um yeah. so i was pastoring a different church when this movie came out and actually I didn't get to see it until we moved to another church. And one of my dear sweet ladies wanted to watch it for a woman's group. And she is one of those ladies who very much enjoys Christian media. And as we know, sometimes Christian media does not do Christianity justice. And so I was a little nervous. <laughs> I was a little nervous uh, just because of some of the other Christian media that she was like, this is fantastic. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, uh, yeah. so she brought it for us to watch and, and we watched it in the chapel on the, on the big screen. And there were so many different moments that I kind of felt like I was getting called out on like, hmm. wait a minute, I need to ask myself this question. I, I've never heard this question this way. And I'm sitting there as the pastor of the church going, wait a minute, 
let me, mm. let me try to answer this question for myself and think about what I would do in this situation. And so I, I, I think that has, that part is going for this movie that it yeah. makes you ask things, but I, I also have other thoughts about some of it too so yeah i didn't even think to ask so this wasn't your first time seeing it this was a rewatch for you right which is why when zach put it up who wants to talk about this movie i was like me (laughs) it's me well i uh i i think if i could uh recall our conversation that we had before watching this movie so hannah got home from work today and she was like all right let's let's get into this movie and i said you know what like I'm actually going to go in with a positive attitude this time because usually like with these Christian movies, we, we kind of know what we're getting ourselves into. And this one, really the main thing I knew about it was that it was like the movie that they made after it was from the God's not dead people basically. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I think God's not dead is like one of the worst movies ever made. I think it's harmful. I think, I think it's bad. I think it's, uh, yeah, I just really don't care for that. So this one, I think I was expecting more of the same flavor, but I decided like, no, I'm going to like, yeah, I'm about to watch a good movie. I'm about to watch, you know, it's got Sean Astin. It's got that other woman who won an Academy Award. Like you have good actors in this movie. You have people who have been in real movies. Like, no, this is, this is going to be good. So I, I went in telling myself that was I believing it? I don't think so, but that's the attitude I tried to have going in. You threw me under the bus. <laughs> so hard. Not so hard. You were being real. I was lying to myself. So I, who threw who? <laughs> I thought this was going to be about Sean Astin. I thought yes. he would be a much bigger character than he actually was. Um, I thought Alexa Penavega would be a bigger part of it too yeah. than the character yeah. she ends up playing. Yes. I don't even know what her name was. <laughs> oh, her, oh yeah, the name, characters. her name yeah. was Lacey. Lace really missed that yeah wow <laughs> and then at the end when um the girl uh sorry let me i'm we're gonna <laughs> when the girl when the girl gives birth and they call her maggie i was like when have these names been established yes yes i think that's kind of part of the problem with having 12 stories inter what is it co- coming together yes yep yep yeah. well see i have a i have maybe a bit of a theory i think that the writers of this movie were guys who could really put together a good 10-minute, like, sketch. Guys who could really write a great piece for, like, a Sunday morning or for, like, a youth conference or something like that, that they could really handle that. And so I feel like they couldn't write a feature-length movie. So what they did was they wrote 12 10-minute, like, sketches and then had them run together. Because the movie, one of the issues that I have before we kind of get too far into it, is that the storylines kind of building up to this climactic moment in the movie, the storylines don't really ebb and weave and flow within within each other. Like, they don't really, like, one character has a really good moment. It's not like that. Like, where one character has a good moment, another one has a bad moment. It's just kind of stuff happens, stuff happens, stuff happens, stuff happens, then the climax. And And then the issue is some of the stuff is better than some of the other stuff. So there's moments where you're kind of like, this is okay, but I'm waiting to get back to to this story, you know? So that's my suspicion. Yeah. So let's just discuss the opening. It starts with a voiceover by the pastor, and he's driving through. And 
ambiguous city. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, New York City. 10 million people. <laughs> 10 million people. There's not 10 million people. That's funny because Isley was like New York and then they showed another building that was very clearly Chicago. And I was like, no. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. And then we were like, but, but Chicago has even less. And then right. the streets were so empty. But then later, they, don't they say like Michigan or something? I'm they like, where are Kenosha, we? Kenosha, which yeah. is in Wisconsin. Yeah. Which is close to Chicago. It's like 45 minutes. I just know because uh, a friend of the pod, Ben Campbell, and and Maggie Campbell, who's on Only God Can It All Loops Back, um, they live in Kenosha. So yeah. it just... Who knows? Chicago has like, I think about 3 million people, which is a lot, but 10 million. <laughs> 10 million, hey, yeah. 12 anyway, souls so, find each other. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so there's 12... 12 souls that will be changed throughout the course of this of this um of this movie and we go through this this montage where we're meeting people it starts in a hospital um we meet we meet a man who is coughing and he's sitting near a little girl who's just drawing butterflies we meet a doctor who um what a doctor who hates everything. A doctor who hates everything. A nurse who's just trying to help, but her husband wants her to come home. Um, Alexa Penavega is passed out because she was allergic to the Chinese food, which I didn't realize it was her until later. Um, that's my fault, though. <laughs> um, we meet a lot of people. We meet a lot of people up front. I, but actually, I. I what did I say to you, Zach? I said I think we've met about like thirty people. Yes. I don't think we've met twelve. I feel like yes. we've met like a million. Yeah. I, I have a list. I had to write down a list to remember like who are the twelve that were the twelve. No, like they're the disciples. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's why they thought we needed twelve. I probably probably yeah. I don't know. But but the yeah well at the beginning. They have that thing where they say, um, what does the cross mean to you? And I was like, I don't, I don't want to say I don't understand the question, but I don't think I understand the question about like, what does the cross mean to you? You know, Cause is, it's that, like, is that when they say, how does the cross make its presence felt? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm not really sure what you're asking. Like to me, like the cross, you know, the emblem of suffering and shame but also the resurrection of Jesus like that, that that's what it means to me i don't know to me i i don't like i understand like again the cross is important as believers but for me it's also like but what about the teachings of Jesus what about the lessons what about like scripture and things like that so when you're saying what does the cross mean to you it's like well it means redemption and kind of everything else that Jesus said and taught is is part of it too you know right i think I say this a lot, actually, but it, in Christianity, we kind of live to find Jesus in the manger, to walk him towards the cross, to put him on it, take him down, put him in the tomb and forget about it until we find him in the manger again. Right. And so I try to tell people the tomb's empty, though. Right. right. The, the cross is empty, though. Mm -hmm. And. So while, yes, it has a, an effect and a symbolism, the fact that Jesus is living and active and his word is living and active, I think is a much more 
powerful symbol and and more what the goal of the great commission is you know the great commission isn't go into all the world and show people the cross and see what they think about it yeah. you know it's mm-hmm. it's go and and preach the good news and so i mean i, I understand why they're very let's look at the cross because it it makes itself part it makes yeah. itself like a character almost in this movie yeah. but but i I, I don't know. I, I feel like yeah. there was other ways to ask the question, do you believe without turning the cross into a character in a play? I agree. Yeah. Well, you know, even there's a there's a Google review. Oh. Oh. Well, I'm looking at it and it, it says this. The story of this film follows a dozen people moving in different directions who all long for something more. Their lives all intersect around one important question. Do you believe in God? Was that the... I didn't get that. <laughs> I didn't get that it was, do you believe in God? I didn't get no. That. No. At the end, I was like, why is this called, do you believe? Like, yeah, I, well, I felt like there was more emphasis on the cross and this weird question this guy asked. Because it's just like phrased, like, we're gonna not talk about in a guy. way that. I, right. I wrote it yeah. down. I wrote it down. But he says, do you believe in the cross of Christ? And the pastor, Matt, he says, I'm a pastor. And the guy says, that's not, that's not the you didn't answer my question right. and then he says if you believe what are you going to do about it yeah how do you believe in the cross of Christ? like, like yes. as you you mentioned like this is wood the cross is yeah. made of wood i believe that wood exists and i believe yeah. it was nailed in this fr- like well, yeah <laughs> well like the cross is the symbol that's supposed to remind us it's not supposed to mean it's like we see it and we're reminded of what he did and that he is alive. Um, well, something I want to talk about is is the the character who's actually carrying the cross through the street because I I had issues with um, with that character because this is also something that I've seen in real life where it's very much like a Christian is out ministering in a very extreme. Um, in a very extreme way, and then anybody who tells them, you know, hey, I believe what you believe, it's kind of, that's never good enough. And that was in this movie too. And I get that it's supposed to be the inciting incident for the pastor to go back and, and get the girl who we saw earlier, but it, I mean, that is an issue that so many times there's people who are going out and they're like, I'm the only person who has the truth. I'm the only person who knows anything. And when they run into other Christians, it's kind of like, they throw it back in their face like, well, you're not doing it good enough or you're not doing it well enough, you know? And I was kind of getting that sense with the the pastor because aside from him passing the, the, the one lady and not doing anything, there wasn't, I, I don't know, there wasn't really anything about his character where I was like, why does he deserve to kind of get this, I guess, this lashing from this guy? But then... It gets into like a scene that is honestly like two lines away from becoming self-parody where the man sees some some gang members robbing a store oh, and he and he runs up to them and he says, what you're doing is wait, I, I wrote I wrote the line down because it, it made me laugh is the guy runs up to them and he says, what you're doing is wrong. And the guy says, back up, old creepy, unless you want your time card punched. <laughs> and, then, and then the guy says, I'm going to pray for you. And it was very much, I was like, this is, 
okay, this is this is almost like a joke. Yeah, you know, and even thinking too, like, I think back to January. Zach and I went to get uh, COVID testing done before before going to an event, and there was a. Do you remember this? There was a woman who was standing oh, outside yeah, yeah. of the church, yeah, just like spouting off very hateful messages hateful messages about how we're all like sentenced to hell because god could never forgive what we've done like loving yourself was a sin yeah uh too prideful yeah basically also like loving your neighbor was a sin about basically if you're not out here doing what i'm doing you're like sinning yeah and it just very much gave me like that kind of vibe i mean like and and at the end of the day like the guy with the cross (laughs) I don't even think about with the rest of the movie. Like no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> I think it's more about the coincidence of everyone being at church than it is about and the, the tiny little meeting the crosses, guy. the little crosses yeah. that get handed out that end up yeah. everywhere. Yes, there's one church in this town. Everyone <laughs> and everyone goes there. <laughs> can, can I just say something about proselytizing for a second? Yeah, because yeah. when when they're in that restaurant. When oh Sean Aston and his his girlfriend, what's her name? I forget. Oh, Andrea. Audrey, we're going to talk Andrea. about this. So stop talking. No, 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 no. We'll keep going. Oh, yeah, we're okay. going. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, you're... so when they're sitting there, and he's like, "Oh, I can't even go to dinner without proselytizing." You know, like. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a Christian and I do pray for my dinner and even when we're in public or whatever it is, but like I I've been places with people who are not Christians before and they're never mad at us because we're praying. And like the, just the amount of hate that he has in that moment to me is very indicative of like somebody who's what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like they're very hurt in some yeah. way and like there's there's like deeper underlying issues and i guess i kind of wish because the way the movie ends we're not going to talk about it yet i know but is just so kind of crazy it's just, yeah uh like i just feel like they could have done so much more with that because sure. there are there are so many people who have been hurt by the church in the church for different reasons whatever it may be, their, their pastor or youth person, or like even Andrew, Andrew, my husband has experienced hate come from the church, yeah. you know? And, and it just seems to me like they could have taken his character, especially since he is a larger name person in 2015. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not saying he was like a yeah, yeah, yeah. on billboards but you you know people know him from lord of the rings and they know yeah. him from that well he's Adam what they're Sandler selling movie. the movie on yeah. right and i just feel like they could have done more with him because they may have pulled in the audience they're trying to pull in they probably could could have pulled in by going with the this guy's been hurt before let's show them that not all christians are like this here was my issue with Sean Astin's character, and it was more, I think it was, it was maybe his performance, and I do think it was a bit of the writing, but unfortunately, the way that he was talking and kind of the way he was behaving, I've honestly seen more people in the church, like, behave like that. We're like, oh, 
Everyone's out to get me. Everything is against me. Why, why, why? Uh, uh, uh. And I thought that there would be kind of a cool story about like persecution complex or something like that. Like, yeah. because, because he was playing that character pretty well at the beginning when he's talking about like, you know, oh, this girl tried to kill herself. She doesn't even care if we save her life. I was like, oh, he sounds like one of those guys who has like a bumper sticker that says, follow Jesus this close. And then he's complaining on YouTube about that the Little Mermaid is black right now. Like, he seems like that kind of guy. And then when he wasn't a Christian, I was like, oh, uh, uh, that didn't, that doesn't check out for me because that seemed like right on the nose of a lot of people who I know, unfortunately. And then I don't his character, while I, I agree 100% with what you're saying, there are a lot of people who have, you know, experienced you know, religious trauma from the church and things like that. His character, though, is so, like, goofy and unlikable that you're never rooting for him. And I think the movie does play him as the villain. Like, the straight, like, he does have no character arc. And at the end of the movie, like you were saying, nothing really happens to him, you know? Like, he's the same the whole way through, which was kind of disappointing, I think. I just feel like it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know... I think just reiterating too that uh, all these, all these movies that we watch that we I, are are from are from the the same line of like God's not dead. This movie, they don't get. I I don't think they get atheists right or anyone that doesn't believe. Maybe someone that's agnostic. Like the fact of the matter is, like like Brian said, people don't care. Like yeah. people don't care yeah. if you're praying before you eat. Yeah. No one's looking. Like I can't a, a real think atheist last... would be like, "Oh, you idiots! <laughs> Just keep going." Like if they were gonna do something, they'd be like, "Yeah, oh, whatever." I can't yeah. think of the last time I've noticed other people praying in a restaurant. Like yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I have. Like we did you know, this like... weekend. It was it was interesting because we were away, so we were at a hotel and we were eating mm. breakfast. And Karina has to pray. Karina, my other daughter, has to pray for everything. And she prays her little prayer and then she'll point at you and she'll say your turn, which you've both been subjected to because if there's nobody else's turn, then she says, uncle Zach's turn, auntie Hannah's turn, you know, (laughs) but then we have to call and you have to pray. But there was this older couple and they kind of looked around the room. There was another little family over on the side and they grabbed each other's hands and the woman prayed a very beautiful prayer for their breakfast and kind of included everybody who was sitting in the room and like as a christian myself i really appreciated that she did that and that i could hear her prayer you know and the other family in the room i don't know what kind of religious background they have at all but they weren't sitting there like ah proselytizing you know or 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 you know they they really didn't do anything but you know, I, I thanked her for her prayer when we were getting up. Cause I mean, the tables were literally inches <laughs> apart from yeah. each other, you know? So, and, and she didn't do it in like a passive aggressive way to try to get attention or to try to, you could tell that's just who they, who they are as people. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's so important for the world to see is that a Christian's character follows through. Yeah, well, and, and on that point, too, I feel like there's another uh, subplot in this movie with an EMT who gets in trouble with in trouble for praying with a guy before he dies. And I was like, this plot line, you could cut it out of the movie and nobody would miss it. Like, you could cut this from the movie, you could cut 20 minutes out of this two-hour movie, 
and the movie would have been better for it because all of that felt very like the the producers from God's Not Dead were like, wait a minute, no, no one's getting persecuted in this movie. Oh, you better add something in because it felt very like tacked on and like, okay, and here's also this. And it was it was really weak. And those were the moments when I was really like, you know, checking my watch and thinking about, you know, dessert and, and stuff like that. Because well, I kind of thought it was similar. It kind of had this air to it of God's not dead. When the guy yeah. gets hit by the car, you know, it, it was almost like, let's just take this copy and paste it in here. And while while it's a nice moment, it's a nice moment for him to think to do that, to pull the cross out so that we're linking all of sure, that back sure. together. Um, the, I, I feel like they also could have gone the direction of him meeting the prosecutor and her asking him some questions and then the ending still working out how it did. Where, mm-hmm. where she still gets some kind of revelation. But even that, that whole thing was very much like the guy getting hit by the car and the reporter being in with the newsboys. And uh, guys, yeah. can we can we write a different, yeah. a different uh, storyline here, please? Yeah. Woof. So what did we think about um, the, the, the buried couple? There was the 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 husband and the wife that had lost a, a child, and um, Terry and JD. Yes, I feel. I wrote them like, all down. <laughs> good. I'm glad. <laughs> I feel. I, I feel like a, again, for just the sake of decluttering the movie, the Joe. So there's this other character, Joe, who's on compassion leave from prison, and for me, I was very much like you could have gotten rid of him as a character. Or you could have just made him married and gotten rid of that old couple, and the movie still would have played out like the same way almost. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like they Joe and the old man. What was his name again? J J D. J D. Yeah, J D. And Joe could have been the same character with like a wife, and you know the the cancer thing still plays out, and the lost child thing still plays out. It was just like I don't. I got it, and I thought it was actually kind of interesting to talk about, like how hard it is for parents to move on. But they also said some things that kind of I I, I don't know I don't know I don't know. I I feel like they could have almost gotten rid of the pastor character. Yeah. Altogether, because if you look at that Joe character, he's kind to Lily and her mom in the in the hospital. That whole. Yeah. Sl- can I say though that whole sleeping on the bench when you know he has like access to the church to sleep yeah. in was a little yeah. bit like why very did melodramatic do that? right yeah. yeah and then I feel like the compassion leave from prison thing was kind of just thrown in at the end mm-hmm. like why did he have to be on compassion leave from prison that really didn't make a whole lot of sense to me so but, he can talk to pretty boy with some authority uh, I'm not saying it's good I'm just saying that's why yeah but. Uh, <laughs> But also, you know, he, he's the one who starts telling Lily's mom about God. He's the one who starts telling pretty boy who I, I missed that PB stood for pretty boy. And I was like, <laughs> where's jelly, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. but it was Jesus. Right? Yeah. PB and J. <laughs> right. There you go. Mm. But, you and know, he talks, criminal with a he talks to him. And I think, I think that there's something to be said, especially in 
a kind of culture where people have had what did you call it church trauma yeah religious religious trauma trauma. i i feel like there is something to be said for the body of christ being the reason that people see the hands and feet of jesus versus focusing on the pastor and how good their sermon can be and how how well they can bring people in because if if the other people in the church are not willing to be those hands and feet then we're really we're really missing something as a christian culture and one of the things that i wrote down is how full that church was yeah when they show the scene of of the church just how many people are in that church at night church too i was like right church this is unrealistic (laughs) right and I, i always tell my people like i can get up here and i can preach but if when people walk in, you're not willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus, then that's all they're going to see. Right. You know, and so I feel like it could have been a win for the church to, to really kind of elevate that Joe character a little bit more so that it's not, you know, when it comes down to who's in charge here, when PB comes in and he's like, who's in charge here? And he kind of jokes and he says, well, God, but I think you're looking for Pastor Matt. You know, I, I feel like it could have almost even been mistaken. Like, oh, are you the pastor here? No, but yeah, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like that could have yeah. been a, a more powerful moment than some of the ones with the pastor. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, and then we meet, we meet, uh, we briefly talked about in the beginning, um, there's Joe and he meets Lily and the mom's uh-huh. mom the mom and Lily are, are, um, are homeless and, Oh, no. The mom and Lily are unhoused, and um, of course, they... Lily. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't the speak. writing of Lily's character yes. was awful yes. because I was looking. I'm like, how old is this girl? She looks like she's maybe I don't know, maybe eight, maybe nine. Why is she talking like a four year old who has like no agency or no so like sense of what is appropriate or inappropriate to talk about? Why does her mom just let her rattle off all their information to literally everybody that they see? I was like, this is just, this is, she is an, a, a, like, she's there to make you feel bad for her and to make, like, these other people feel bad for her. She was very much her character and, you know, no shade. I don't want to, like, dunk on this child's performance, but just the way that she was written was very, like, this is, this is very weak especially for as sensitive as the mom is about her talking to Joe, then for her to just let Lily go and talk to Terry and JD like that again is a little bit. When my children do that, I pull them aside and I say, everybody doesn't need to know every aspect of our lives and not because I'm trying to be hidden, but we don't need to know every little incy wincy detail. And I feel like something that got brushed over is kind of the conversation that the mom and Joe have with each other about why she's that way, you know, losing right. her husband and, and those kind of things. And I feel like it just kind of gets brushed over really quickly. And then there's these sweet moments of, oh, maybe we found a family. Oh, maybe we didn't find a family. We're going to be careful. And mm-hmm. you don't, you don't really understand why the mom is so maybe jaded. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand why she could be hurt. Yeah. You understand why she could be frustrated, but you you want to know, you kind of find yourself wondering like what happened that made you not trust people 
right so much but yeah. also just lets you have your daughter mm-hmm. run off and talk about whatever to yeah. whoever yeah. yeah and it's not really explored like i know that she tells joe about you know how they ended up there but it's not developed no. you know right so, so it's we're almost so, not we're... necessary yeah yeah we're missing we're still missing things and and this yeah. is a two-hour movie yeah. <laughs> just yeah. To say it's a two-hour movie, and I and feel like there's so many things that weren't in there, and that—that's why I think it—it it was kind of rough to have twelve people that you had to follow. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was so hard to follow, and unfortunately, when you have a cast of twelve people, the real actors like really like outshine. The people who aren't actors, like the scene where Alexa Penavega is on the phone and she's like crying. I was like, I have no idea what she's talking about, but she's so good in this scene that like it's very yeah. touching. But I have absolutely no idea what's going on right now. But didn't you want to know? Weren't you? Yeah, like, I was sitting like, there like, what happened? What are you talking I have a about? Hot, I have a hot take. I have a, a very hot take and I don't know how this is going to go over with people. But I thought that her storyline and the Marine, I thought that should have been the entire movie because I was no, like, I, agree. I was like the premise of like, like it would make such an interesting dark comedy about the premise of these two people who are in such a bad place and they're both going to jump off a bridge. And the reason they don't is because like the other person is there and they're uncomfortable. I'm like, my, my goodness, like the script almost writes itself. Right. And you could really like make a, you know, a movie that's funny and dark and sweet and all of these things. And I thought both of them were like the, the best actors in the movie, right. maybe. Well, and that and, Carlos guy, right? That's his name. Yeah. Carlos. Yeah. yeah. He, mm-hmm. he is probably one of my favorite characters yeah. in the movie because yeah. he's, he actually seems real. And we barely spend any time with them. And I was like, why? What? I don't want to spend time with, you know with Lily and Joe and the pastor and all these other people get back to the interesting storyline. Yeah. And then you can take like, take, take that and explore, um, what, what happened with her and I think her father, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't know that explore Carlos's PTSD journey because it's very obvious from right. the scene in the house. Mm. Well, I don't want to speak for I I don't I don't want to speak for survivors of PTSD but the thing that that did rub me the wrong way is that the movie kind of made it seem like once Carlos saves someone else then it's like it's all like it's all cured you know what I mean and yeah. to maybe have a movie about someone realizing that like I need to get help and that's okay in you know such a world where we've seen a lot of christian movies that like kind of like make fun of therapy and say that that's not important to have a movie that says to people who have gone through this like you know it's okay to have G- it's okay to have jesus and a therapist like something like that right. about and especially like in a culture cuz like let's be honest there's a lot of toxic uh, masculinity in in a lot of churches to have a movie about like a guy being vulnerable and getting the help that he needs man what a beautiful and necessary story and i wish we had spent more time with them than with sean astin complaining about people praying at the dinner table right yeah right well and the the thing about mental health is that there's such a stigma around Mm -hmm. it that people don't realize that it's just as natural as your physical health yeah. You know, yeah. the same way you go and get your teeth cleaned or you get go to the doctor for a physical, 
you should be taking mental mental checks and yeah. and really being able to express health in a healthy way your emotions and and your thoughts and i think that in those two characters i hear what you're saying about like he saves somebody else and then it's all okay and i think i took that scene a little differently yeah. uh just just understanding that his blood his marine blood coursing through his veins since he yeah. wanted to be one since he was eight mm-hmm. you know there was nothing else he could do in that moment but try to save right. those people there was nothing else that he could have done and everything else that was plaguing his brain was out of the way for a minute because it snapped into this marine saving mode and even though it ends up being his brother-in-law who does come to help him in that moment when they say thanks bro i don't feel like it means that the relationship is necessarily healed right but i think it kind of shows that carlos character because he doesn't necessarily get kicked out of the house right he decides to leave when he realizes yeah. he's hurt his sister you know <laughs> and and when he says thanks bro i think he realizes that his brother-in-law does care for him and and mm-hmm. care for the fact that he has some mental health concerns but is still willing to jump into action right next to him. Right. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And I would even say what what uh, what I I one would have loved to see more and make that the whole movie. Um but two um I what I wish they didn't have what I think was poorly written is I love the idea of them them meeting the way that they did and because I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, but the idea of them saying, you saved me. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't like because right. you, especially as someone with PTSD, recovering from, um, or, or no, I shouldn't say that, coping with um, the symptoms that I have, I had to do independently. I can't put that all on my husband and say that he's the reason I'm, he's helped he's been a huge part of my own journey but like i can't put that on like it's it has to be me because then i know that i can be in control and i can be in control of how i react even if it takes time like you know and that's the whole part of mental health is you know if you want to see yourself get better you put in work right and i'm not saying like magically healed i don't believe you know like that i'm saying like you know you put in the work you go to therapy you take your medication you do exercises that help you and you learn to cope and uh i mean obviously this movie was never gonna say something like well (laughs) but i wish it did transference too right i mean uh, alexa penavega's character when she says you saved me you know it's transferring i feel like from the phone call to her dad Mm -hmm. you know yeah. At yes, one point, yeah. there must have been a good relationship there. And then it seems like dad got married and something awful happened, right? Yeah. And so there's some estrangement or whatever. But it's almost like transference of, oh, I can't count on my dad anymore. But hey, you're here. And it was awkward for us both to try to jump off a bridge at the same time. So thank you for saving me. You know, and yeah, yeah. That didn't, that I agree with you. Well, it didn't sit well. Well, and I think what I'm referring to as like he saves someone and then he's fixed is the scene where he says to um, Alexa, like, hey, uh, or Lacey, I guess, when he says, I can't be in your life, I have to leave. And then just like right after saving those people, he runs back and he's like, oh, like, no, I, I can be now. I'm like, well, what? Like, what? 
what shifted? what happened is it just that you saved people and realized that your hands can do good things also like that's nice the movie though i don't think earned that subtlety i know? feel like it had to do with that brother moment sure. when he feels like she he can be in her life again I, yeah. and we have to remember that being in her life again is probably the span of real life 12 hours <laughs> you know <laughs> sure, like sure. it like yeah. it's like one night maybe you know yeah but i feel like it had more to do with the sort of restoration of his feelings that his his family was going to be there for him no matter what that it might be okay for him to try to have somebody else be there for him and and him be there for somebody else too yeah just yeah. just slightly you know I don't think it was all because of the car. No, absolutely. I, I, I will say before we move into the manor segment, I, we teased earlier, hey, everybody, there's a big old car crash and all the characters of this movie are in the car crash or directly involved, right. which is how they all come to Jesus, which was like, <sighs> and the, I don't know. And the it's crosses like cool lifted for us in the background, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. It was like kind of, oh, okay. Like, you know, interesting that they all like jump in and help each other and everyone has something to do but it was also i don't know it felt like so we could have some action in this movie and kind of end it going oh wow that that scene at the end was pretty impressive because then the movie kind of like it it has joe die and come back to life and sean astin's like it's not a miracle and he's like it's he's like yeah it's a miracle and he goes like all right fine and then, like, kind of storms off. And then the movie really does, like, peter out, where, like, there's a voiceover, which that voiceover is unintentionally hilarious because he'll sit, here's, here's basically, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, we're all like children sitting on the floor looking up at our Heavenly Father. And in my head, I'm like, directed by John. Because sometimes we see our Father coming in with his paintbrush, and he starts his masterpiece. Directed by, personally... I can't wait to see the masterpiece that he's going to do in your life. Okay, the movie's over. Hannah, do you want to watch? Because sometimes we all... I was like, stop! <laughs> stop it! The movie's right? over! Right? Right? Well, and I was trying to get on with you guys, but I wanted to remind myself of the ending. And so I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, so the this could have done a fade out here. This could have... Yeah been a fade out here and we could have gotten to the do you believe song right yeah. like the, yeah. uh, okay all right we no right yeah. no we're not fading out oh okay no, no. oh okay. we're back to the voiceover oh but i'm like i better get on here because <laughs> <laughs> talking about how we're all part of god's tapestry and i'm like right. what does that have to do with you with do you believe god's That's, tapestry do you believe been in the better... cross of christ it's because because <laughs> they were really hoping the they were really hoping to break out into a single thread in the tapestry though it's colored hey. brightly shines hey right i'd be into that i would love that i would That's love that such a good song but i feel like they they kind of stole that idea from that that's one of my favorite songs in prince of egypt honestly a bit yeah well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. Just like at youth group when they offer you uh, Raisin Bran, um, when I offer you more Do You Believe, I want you to hit me with a yes, please, or no, thank you. So, Zach, I, I got a bowl. I got a box. Are you indulging? 
here's the thing I'm going to say. Raisin Bran is a fine cereal. No, I like Raisin Bran. I like Raisin Bran. But if I'm at youth group, it's not what I want to have. I don't want to have Raisin. I'll have that like at home, right? That's not the snack that you bring to everybody. And that's kind of where I'm at with this movie. Like, again, I didn't... I really kind of wanted to hate this movie until I decided not to. And I was working, before watching the movie, I was kind of like working on points that I was going to bring up, guessing what the movie was about. The movie wasn't really about any of the things that I was thinking I'd be angry about. And there were some things in the movie that I liked. There were some things in the movie that I wasn't crazy about. But unfortunately, it runs into, you know, that trope where because the movie was trying to say so many things, it ended up saying nothing and it leaves you confused at the end and this movie had so many opportunities to maybe say something but also i mean not to not to get into this to think about the people at pure flicks and what they believe because they're very open about it there was probably never going to be a version of this movie that dealt with the things that i was maybe hoping that it would so i think for that reason, I am going to have to say no thank you because the Raisin Bran is fine, but I'm afraid that if I ask for more, you're going to come back with like a funky version of Raisin Bran and just kind of ruin it for me. So no thank you. All right. Well, Brianne, we've got we've got two bowls and plenty of cereal. Are you are you wanting some Raisin Bran? Uh, the best part of the raisin brand for me is picking out the raisins that have soaked up some of the milk, as long as it's good milk. Um, and I'm not sure, I feel like you maybe have 2% milk. So it, it, for me, I'm glad I watched it because of other people who will inevitably see this and, and some of the things that I'll be ready to address some of the concerns. And then I'm also grateful for a couple of, of the points, like I said earlier, where it made you made you think. And the one thing that I was thinking about, I, I know how cheesy it is, Zach. I know, I know. But just knowing the type of people that I am ministering to on a daily basis, when the EMT guy, what's his name, Bobby, and the EMT guy, says to the lawyer that he was once asked if you were ever accused of being a Christian would there be enough evidence to convict you I I don't think that that's an unreasonable goal to have as a Christian for for you to want to be plainly see plainly seen as as a Christian for that to be uh, your testimony and then just to hit the cheese factor I Feel like the writers of this movie must be huge Phillips Craig and Dean fans because they definitely are kind of ripping off that you don't have the right to remain silent if you've been arrested by God's grace <laughs> right mm -hmm. oh, you've yeah. got to take the stand and tell the story so you know I, I appreciate those things that can make you think but I'm also somebody that studies the Bible and tries to consider myself a good theologian. And I feel like from the perspective of somebody who may not be in that position and not feel comfortable asking the questions they need to, that this movie can 
have some dangerous points in it too for for a person who's young or, or struggling or wherever they may find themselves in their in their faith that wouldn't allow them to ask questions if they thought things were strange. All right, well, you know, I've been asked if I want cereal and I'm going to say, I'm going to question the motivation. Why did you choose cereal for today? <laughs> Why did you choose to give the kids cereal? And then I think of the same for the movie. Why did you choose to make this? Because here's here's the thing. The movie itself, I don't think is nearly as bad as any of the other things that we watch on here. It's it would I would say it's top tier Christian movie that's actually a real made by the Christian yeah, movie. Yeah, it looks like a real movie. There's actually some like good actors in it. I mean, they're working with a bad script, but there's some there's some good acting. And I, I, I don't hate all of the messages that come through. There are some that I actually am like, I, I, I feel like I would agree with or I'm okay with. But I, the motivation, knowing, knowing what the God's Not Dead franchise has done and knowing some of the other movies that these people put out, I just think, why? What was the goal with this? And I don't think I get it. And yeah, I mean, if I if I would ever have the chance to watch it again, sure, I will. But I think for here and now, I'm just going to say, no, thank you. It's okay. You don't have the right to remain silent if you've been arrested by God's grace. you got to take the stand to tell the story of how your guilty stains have been Game time, Hannah. It's game time. It's game time. So this movie features a lot of characters who are Christians and who are not Christians. And uh, one of the things that this movie could have benefited from was maybe a a really great soundtrack, Uh, maybe an indie pop soundtrack. And so what we're going to be doing is I'm going to play a song, and it is of the indie pop genre. And I would like for you to tell me if it is Christian or non-Christian. Now, before we get into the actual game, I just want everybody to know that I have the playlist on random, and even I can't see what song is coming next. So don't think like, oh, there's a pattern, because honestly... Well, always like, shuffle. Yeah, it's it's on shuffle. So, yeah. So are we ready to play yay or nay? Yes. Yay. All right. Here is the first song. Nay. Nay? Nay. I, I don't know if Christians would be singing about arcades. <laughs> but would they if it was the Penny Arcade? <laughs> Potentially. I thought yay at first because I was like, the music's like good, but it's kind of missing like that. It's just a little something. But I, I felt think... like wannabe Beach Boys. Like it started off and I thought, oh, I know this song. Wait, no, I don't. Uh, mm. I, I'm, I'm thinking no. Nay. Yeah. You're thinking no? Nay. Yeah. All right. 
Well, that is a song entitled Off the Record by My Morning Jacket, and that is not a Christian song. Yes. Very good. All right. Are we ready for the next song? Yes. So no. You're saying no? No, that sounds like the woman of the weepies. Well, you were making faces earlier. Would you like to talk about that? I'm sorry. I oh, no, to, no, the, no. to the weepies, I repent. I am sorry. <laughs> Did that sound not very good at the beginning? Well, it sounded very much like... Say it. Say it. It sounded, at the very beginning, it sounded very much like Tammy Faye Baker is about to come out and do a solo for everyone. Like... I feel like we're getting so much introduction and not enough lyrics. Mm. But that's the point. I know. <laughs> that's the game. I know. I just want like that word to finish. Um, this one? I am willful. Yeah. Your insistence. Good. I, I was, I was feeling like it, might be one of those Jesus is my boyfriend indie pop songs that doesn't really actually say anything about Jesus. Mm. Hannah, what were you saying earlier though? It sounds like, it sounds like, um, I can't remember her name, but the woman from the weepies, Deb Talon, Deb Talon. So I'm going to say no. Okay. Just based on that. Okay. Brianne. I said, I think yay. You're okay. You're sticking with yay. I, yeah. Okay. Well, that was a song called, Painting by Chagall by the Weepies, and that Good is job, not a Christian song. Are we ready for the next one? I mean, they said I am willful. Like I, I just was waiting for. I, know, that's it. I need repentance phrase. or something. You know. <laughs> Here we go with the next song. Yes, that's Christian. Saying yay. I think so. The rhythm yeah. of really your heartbeat. That. Yep, <laughs> you're saying yay. Well, that is a song called Friend by John Hin Han, and that is indeed a Christian song. That was good. What's that, what was that one called? Friend by John Hin Han. I'm about to add that to my... <laughs> All right, are we ready for the next song? <laughs> are you still... You're adding it? All right. <laughs> I'm ready. All right, here we go. This is another long intro. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Sounds like it should be on McGee and me. <laughs> Could I be you want 
Yes. You're saying yes? Yes. How come? You heard it. <laughs> I'm so, I just think it sounds Christian. All right. I'm so torn because part of me is like, this is from an episode of McGee and Me. And the other part of me is like, this sounds like the song that Lindsay Lohan performs in Freaky Friday at, the, at the Blues place. Whoa, at the House of Blues? Yeah, there we go. Mm. So, so Hannah, I, you're sticking with yay. I am sticking with yay. I I believe that I am inclined to agree with Hannah. Well, that is a song called Panic Switch by Silver Sun Pickups, and that is not a Christian song. See, House oh. of Blues. <laughs> <laughs> My first fail. Definitely mm, House uh, of... Well, join the club. Hello. <laughs> here we, here we go with our... For a while. <laughs> here we go with the next song. <laughs> I lean not on my Poison oak, some boyhood bravery. No. 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 Can you play a little more? Yeah, yeah. When the telephone was tin can. On a string. I almost want to say yes. Fell asleep. Like I think no, but because I think no, that's why I'm like yes. Because there's always that one that surprises you. You said you weren't afraid to die. But the lyrics say no to me. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as I heard the words poison oak. So, so is that a yay or is that a nay? Well, when I heard the words poison oak, I was <laughs> right. terrified Hannah? and thought no. I almost want to go with yay. Uh, yay? That is a song entitled Poison Oak by Bright Eyes. That is not a Christian yes. song. Um, I was like, trust, trust right. your gut. Are we ready for... I think there's two more okay i think i could be wrong bring them on math math is not my good Um, yes. Yes, Christian? Yes. I'm going with youth group, took a trip to the roller dome. And that was what was <laughs> on Christian night. Well, that is a song called Sweeter by John Mark Pantana, and that is a Christian song. Yeah, Pantana. <laughs> Do you know Pantana? <laughs> well, I did tell you about the roller dome. And are we ready for the for the final song? Yes. Here we go. 
got a glimpse of life without you Now I'm coming back to my senses <laughs> Because Jesus is my boyfriend That's Christian <laughs> That's Christian? Yeah But we're not gonna say it Christian? Yes That is a song entitled more than halfway by local sound and that is what if it wasn't uh, <laughs> what if it wasn't no that's a christian song i was gonna say you can't do that <laughs> that'd be amazing though right well you you did very uh very surprisingly well this one was the trickiest to decipher between the two so far like because the rap was very much like obviously and like the pop punk was like, that's a little bit better produced. And then the folk was like kind of right down the middle. This I think was the most challenging one yet. But you both did a great job on this edition of Yay or Nay. Yay. High five, sister. I don't often get to play the game. So that was uh, yeah. very nice. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, in conclusion, do you believe, I don't know, if they're showing this one at church, it's not going to, like, ruin your night. And there's a few things worth checking out. I don't know. Maybe if I get good at editing, I'll do, like, the Carlos and Lacey cut of the movie. And it'll be, it'll be like, 15 minutes long. <laughs> and you can enjoy that. But um, overall, I would say it's not one to seek out. But if you just happen to be around... Uh, you know, there, I guess there's worse things you could do with your time. Uh, but something that wouldn't be a terrible waste of your time is to look at our special guest's um, activities. Uh, Brienne, is there anything that you would like to plug before we sign off here? Andrew and I, my husband Andrew and I, are pastors at the Salvation Army in Dubois, Pennsylvania. And we do have a Facebook page where you can come to church with us every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock or... You can watch it later on at your convenience. Also, I do a Bible study every Wednesday on that Facebook page. It's the Salvation Army Worship and Service Center, Dubois, D-U-B-O-I-S-P-A. And we do Bible study on Wednesday at 1, and we're doing the Book of Mark right now. So that's also done live, but beauty of live videos. You can catch it anytime. So those are the fun things people on the internet can join us for. Oh, uh, and Hannah, is there anything that you would like to plug? Do you believe in Zach and I? Because we've got multiple. I do. I do believe in you and Zach. <laughs> oh, we've got multiple and, ways you can support us. And the Honey Initiative. <laughs> yes. First, at the Honey Initiative, we just got back. Um, by the time you listen to this episode, it'll be about a week since we've yeah. been back. But uh, we just got back last night by the time we were recording this from our first mini tour, which was amazing. We are editing content to put up uh, like a little vlog on um, our YouTube. That would be The Honey Initiative. You can find us on Facebook, The Honey Initiative, on Instagram, at The Honey Initiative, and perchance TikTok in the near future, at The Honey Initiative. Ooh. Um, and we would love for you to um, just see what we're doing. We've got our original music. We've got our first video up on our YouTube, which is one of our original songs. So, which um, is fantastic. Thank you. That was that was Zach. Zach's Zach is the main songwriter on that one, and I think it's one of our best. Um, and at Godfellas the Pod, just to keep up with um, the pod, 
That's us on Insta. Uh, we'll post some fun things on there occasionally, behind the scenes, questions, all that fun stuff. So I recommend that you follow. Uh, I think next time we're making our Halloween playlist for all of your churches. Oh, um, that's so fun. Sorry. Yes. So, And then if you're on Spotify, you can use that. But until next time, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Miss Hannah. Well, I'm still Miss Brienne. Come and get me, friends!